0: Good stuff. Well, I love Christmas presents, don't you? Uh, and for those who are leaving this semester for your internship or this is your final semester on campus, I want to make sure you pick up a copy of this. We'll be sharing these in Pulse uh, next semester, so everybody who's returning to campus, don't worry, we'll hang on to your copy. But it's an embossed journal for your spiritual devotions, life, uh, trip, memory stuff. And so all of the people who are leaving campus, make sure you stop up here right to the corner of this uh, altar section. There's a box with these in them, and we want you to kind of journal along with us, journey along with us in the next semester. And so that'll be a place for you to keep up with that. Hey, I want to ask a few friends to come up. They already know who they are, so if they'll start moving this way, uh, we're going to chat a little bit, and uh, appreciate them helping me out this morning. I was moved, I hope you were, as you looked at the various cardboard uh, sort of testimonies or stories that were being shared. And I was reminded of the verse in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, when God says, I look for a person who would stand in the gap, who'd stand in the gap. And as I was watching those the cards that we saw, the, the descriptions, I had jotted down some notes, to stand in the gap between slavery and freedom, to stand in the gap between violence and peace, to stand in the gap between oppression and justice, to stand in the gap between famine, hunger, and plenty. To stand in the gap between poverty and prosperity, to stand in the gap between homelessness and being sheltered. To stand in the gap from being unheard to being understood, to stand in the gap from loneliness to community, to stand in the gap from being lost to being found. And to stand in the gap from dying to eternal life. You're called to stand in the gap. You're called to stand in the gap. Uh, The verse I I want you to focus, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn there because we'll read it together in just a moment. But the verse is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. You probably have it memorized, Jared, don't do that. Uh, And that is this, be very careful then how you live. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Half those cardboard signs talk about just the kind of generation we live in, what's going on, the reality of the world around us. So what do we do? How do we reveal the truth of God? How does the light of God shine today in this darkened world? And I would make the case it shines through you, and it shines through you. I was going to uh, go back over these notes, and some of these you'll, you'll probably have good memories about. I don't have that good a memory anymore, so I have to write stuff down. And I was thinking back over the fall of 2014, just some of the highlights, just what a blur it's been. Has it, like, gone fast or what? Crazy, crazy. I, of course, always, uh, the, the semester really kicks off with slip and slide. I know Dr. Starks thinks it's the academic orientation, but I really think it starts with slip and slide. And, of course, Kingswood Life. What amazing talent. What amazing talent. Student and staff softball, I, I knew it was time for me to resign when we lost this year. <laughs> First game we've lost since I've been here. I realized I am getting way too old to do this anymore. So that was good. That was good. Uh, Some of us got to go to the John Maxwell event in Moncton. That was crazy. Ken Murphy for Ignite, uh, the Quest for Greatness. Remember that? I love Pastor Ken's ministry to us. And he didn't understand Bible college students. Remember? He hid this money. How much was it? $500. He hid this money. Remember he gave us one clue? And he was going to kind of tease this thing out. He thought it would take us two days to find it. I mean, he does not know Bible college students, right? We found it, what, within an hour? I think someone had uncovered the stone and there it was. It was crazy. The quest for greatness. Scholarship and awards bank. It was a great night. We had our first 5K. Yeah. Who finished? Who finished? All right, way to go. Who didn't bother showing up? Oh, don't put your hand up. No, that's all right. (laughs) Our first 5K. I made it across the line. I was not the first one for sure, but I wasn't the last one. Thank you, Naomi. Uh, Buckingham Leadership. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I'll pay for that one later. Uh, Our Buckingham Leadership Institute. I know it doesn't interact a lot with the campus, but to have Dr. Buckingham on campus has just been a joy for those of you who've got to interact with him. He'll come up sometimes, be in the cafeteria Please know, he loves, he absolutely loves to have conversations with you, to, to talk about leadership, to talk about ministry. And we had our first student roundtable that started this semester. How many of you are in the student roundtable? Just stand up if you're a Buckingham Leadership Scholar. I think there's eight or nine here, maybe 10. Let's see. There you go. Yeah, getting to do that. Wow. And let me just say to those of you who are underclassmen that this is a one-year scholarship. A person can only be in the program for one year, so there'll be 10 more eligible next fall. So this spring, uh, be alert. Say, hey, I'd like to do that. I'd like to spend uh, an evening, supper time with Dr. B uh, once a month. So that's a cool thing. World Concerns Day this year. Human trafficking and the reality of what it means and, and the ways that we can be engaged and involved. That was powerful. Lisa Johnson and Micah Kephart. Encounter Weekend, Clint Dupin. It's always crazy when, what, 300, 400? I don't know how many students showed up. It gets wild around here. And the polar bear run. All right. Again, I knew I was getting too old. I didn't run in the polar bear run this year, so I'm like, it's this way over. Uh, but that was so cool. Uh, who, maybe you weren't here, because a lot of you were gone home, but Brent and Natasha's wedding. I know we've been praying hard for Brent. He definitely needed the help, and uh, God answered, and Natasha's amazing, so we're <laughs> glad she's part of our campus family. Yeah. Amen. I'm getting a witness over here. Uh, It's always a treat to have our board of trustees on campus. We had a great time with them. I will never forget Damian Williams speaking. What was the phrase he used that morning? When he talked about evangelism, how we sometimes do evangelism. Here fishy fishy, here fishy fishy. Remember we talked about like churches were opening the doors and just kind of saying, here we are, come see us if you want to, here fishy fishy. Wow. Uh, and that was a big weekend for our family. It was the weekend that we announced that uh, we, June 30th would be our closing date in terms of our time of service here. And it's a step of faith. One of the things I do is I interview students this semester, I've been, always have time for them to ask a question, right? And I don't know if you guys did this, but several students said, no, really, what, like, what's the secret? What are you doing? And I'm like, we don't know. <laughs> and in June, we're going to be just like all the rest of the graduates, we're going to be looking for work. So uh, you pray for us. It's a step of faith. The Engage Worship Conference, uh, Jenny Lee Riddle and Dr. Cherry, Dr. Constance Cherry laid it on us. Very, very cool. Paul Stay with Dr. Robert Gannon. I mean, wow, was that some straight shooting? Intense? Woo, good stuff. Uh, And my goodness, all through the semester, Wednesday night hockey games. I want to say a huge thank you to our Blazer team, don't you? This this fall we were treated by Ryan Jennerow and his his clan, his little team there. I love the musical interludes. Thank you guys. But I want to say a huge thank you to Dr. Elliott who coaches so faithfully and gives his time in that way. It's huge. Uh, uh, The Blazers have had a great season and I really want to say uh, that I understand. I played a little hockey. It wasn't as good as you guys, but I played a little hockey and I know that uh, some of the teams in our area love to take cheap shots at you. And our guys, almost without exception, there have been one or two maybe we scratched our head. But other than that, uh, almost without exception, guys, uh, you have conducted yourselves with class. You've not only represented uh, the college well, you've represented Christ well. And I'm grateful for that. No, it's not been easy, so thank you. Thank you very, very much. Uh, for me, I talk about my weekly meeting, my band of brothers. We had our lunch meeting yesterday and had a chance to share. We, we kind of do the chat talk thing over lunch and then we pray in the car because it's kind of hard to pray in a restaurant. But those have been extremely meaningful times for me, especially, you know, any time of transition, that's huge. And I don't have a pulse group, but I have the ad cab and I'm incredibly grateful because that's kind of like my pulse group. We get together and talk about ministry and strategize together and that's a blessing. Two, two amazing chapel services every week. I think probably, the, as Sharon and I have reflected on it, one of the things we're going to miss the most, wherever God sends us, will be, we're going to really miss the chance to just worship with you, uh, to have a week punctuated by an opportunity to come together as a community and to say what matters most. What matters most is a heart of worship, and to do that together, and Mrs. Rhino, thank you for the incredible way in which you lead us, and to the amazing students who give, I mean. If you're not on the on chapel team, you don't know the kind of time commitments that are involved, but my favorite bass player back here, sorry, Josiah, my favorite <laughs> bass player back here, uh, you guys know there's a sacrifice, a commitment, and for us to come in, just walk in, and have this great experience doesn't happen. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes into it, and I'm very grateful. We just had an incredible group, a lineup of speakers, the folks who've come both off-campus guests And then our own faculty and staff, team members Who've shared the word so faithfully And of course, I I have the unenviable privilege The unenviable privilege I think I said it right Uh, And that is, I I get to lead off the semester But I'm followed by Dr. Smith So by the end of the week, all they remember is Dr. Smith And uh, then at the end of the semester I get to speak after Dr. Smith And that's no fun either So uh, Dr. Smith, good words Uh, I love it, it's a joy to serve with you And then we close out this semester This one is kind of unique Because we do carols at Christmas And I know some churches do like a Broadway musical sorts of things and that's cool. Uh, but we have chosen in the, in the last couple of years, and I want to thank especially Dr. Weatherby and, and uh, Professor Rhino, we've chosen to try to do a, a simple service of worship uh, that focuses on the scripture lessons and on Christmas carols. And we've done it not just for us to experience the beauty of the simplicity uh, of the Advent story, but we've also tried to do everything we try to do on campus as a teaching learning experience for you. Uh, if you'll take that program, that bulletin, if you don't have one, you can get one, there's still some left, If you'll take that, when you go to your church this year, next year, year after, uh, that program, I mean, you may not be able to fly Elizabeth Rhino in to sing, I get that, or Natasha may not be able to come in that weekend, but I mean, if you look at the elements of that, having people read, singing carols together, doing the candle lighting, you can do that in a church, whether it's a church of 5,000 or a church of 50, and so we hope that's been a a meaningful teaching experience, it's been certainly uh, very encouraging to my heart the Sussex Parade. Thank you, Mike. Uh, you have done this. Professor McNeil for years has, has mobilized the Praxis team. But this year, with uh, Professor Don help, uh, a lot more people got involved and served. And again, that's that for us is a teaching experience. There's not a community you'll go to that doesn't have some kind of Christmas festival or parade. And you can be involved in that. Whether it's volunteering, helping park people, and building relationships with people in the community who see that you're, you're there to serve. Or whether it's a uh, Trying to play the drums with your fingers freezing off. Thank you, Noah. Uh, on a float. There's all kinds of ways you can serve. And, and that's the heart of this place. It really is to, to, in practical ways, both to shape and form our hearts, our minds, but also give us skills and tools that we can take out to make a difference. So it's been an incredible semester. Of course, the Christmas banquet, uh, what an amazing job. Corey and her team did fantastic work. Yeah, that was amazing. Now listen, if you're, if you're tired right now, that's understandable. When I read through that list, when I wrote the list down, (laughs) I got tired. Uh, If you're tired now, that is understandable. If you are not tired, come back next semester, we'll try harder. (laughs) I promise. We'll we'll go for it. Uh, Great, great experiences. And I just thought it would be an opportunity for me. I really wanted to have this just to visit with some students. Uh, I'd love to have every one of our seniors up and do it, but kind of some representative seniors to just talk about uh, what God's been doing. We talked about some highlight some spiritual, some just kind of activity stuff, but as you reflect back maybe on the semester, or maybe you want to go broader, just unlike like the four years, um, what's most impacted you, and, and how have you changed uh, in your experience here at Kingswood, and uh, who's, who's game to go first? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jared, thanks for volunteering, that's good, we'll go with that. <laughs> I'll
1: uh, I share a story from my second year. Kind of yep. carried me through ever since. Um, I was working on the, the maintenance uh, with Reverend Richard Starks and uh, Caleb Leckel, the RD son at the time. He wanted to come and hang out, mm. and uh, I was like, "Well, no, Caleb. I'm sorry, I can't hang out right now. I have to work." Uh, and then he kind yeah, of just got this. this You're like, "Sorry." Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, my bad. <laughs> Technology, I'm not very there you good go. with it. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, okay. So I was working on um, maintenance staff with Reverend Richard Starks, and uh, Caleb Leckle was one of the resident director's kids. Um, and we, we'd go, we'd hang out with him uh, sometimes. Um, he came up while I was working, and he was like, Jared, do you, you want to hang out? And I was like, well, no, Caleb, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't hang out right now. I have to work and then he just kind of paused for a little bit He was like, can I help you? I was like, well, I mean, I got this, I mean, this big heavy pressure washer I and mean, I wasn't really sure what he could do and uh, I, was, I was about to tell him no and about that time, Reverend Richard Starks came up to me uh, drove up and uh, was just checking on me about to send me to another place um, and he, he heard that Caleb wanted to help so he told him, hop in the back of the truck, let's go And I got in the cab with him, and he just looked at me square in the eyes, and he said, Jared, never miss an opportunity to invest in someone's life. Mm. Mm, Good word. And that lesson has has followed with me ever since I've been here at Kingswood. Um, I learned that the value of mentorship, uh, whether it's in a a formal or informal setting, uh, just being able to uh, intentionally take advantage of every moment uh, to speak into someone's life. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah.
0: Good. Good, Who's next? Sarah, are you ready? All right, All right. Sarah's up. Spiritual impact. How have you changed?
2: Um, I would say the most um, impact that God has had on my life here at Kingswood would be um, just receiving love. And receiving love from um, the brothers and sisters who He's placed here with me and allowing you... Be part of that journey and allowing you to be um, seeing me when I'm going through grief or when I'm going, whatever I was going through, and um, to receive that love and to realize that that mirrors Christ's love in in such an amazing way. And also, I would say I've learned the importance of prayer and not just praying, you know, when you sit down and eat, but praying continually through the day. And something that um, God showed me early on while I was here. It's like, if you want to succeed and do well here, um, to meet me before you do any assignment. And, I, and it's something I do now. If you walk into the study room, I'm sorry if you've seen this, I get down on the ground and I put my books down, I open my Bible, and I just I lay down on the ground and I commit to the Lord what I'm about to do. And say so this is an act of worship to you. And he, he taught me that. It's nothing that I dreamt up. But um, learning that my dependence is fully on Christ... And learning who I am in, in him, that I'm loved and I'm cherished by him, we talk a lot about identity, mm-hmm. but I believe that's something that God has taught me the most about is that um, he is my source of love, and that he is always desiring and chasing after me, and, and realizing that has changed um, dramatically how I view myself and how I view other
0: people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah) yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: Hello. Um, so, just one thing that I've been thinking about, there's like a lot of things, but one has been um, about vulnerability. And some of you who know me well know that this is an area in my life where I've often struggled. Um, but God has really been revealing to me the importance of, um, of not trying to do things alone, but asking for help um, and just expressing what's going on in my life, not feeling like I have to do it all alone, because uh, when we do ministry, we're not, we don't do it alone, we do it, with, um, we do it with Christ, and we do it with each other, we minister together. Um, so that's one thing that God has really taught me, is to um, open myself up in that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Bradford, uh, what,
4: what's the spiritual highlight for you? How have you changed? Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Um, the black man has the mic now, so. Good. Um, I think a uh, spiritual highlight uh, for me, um, when I first um, approached this school, um, I had a very uh, um, worldview of, uh, you know, the whole prosperity gospel and charismatic and big suits and the bling bling and the Cadillacs. And and for me, um, my life was a goal, right? Like, my life was... Um, I wanted to be, you know, the big-name preacher with a big church, with a large congregation with amazing music. And I had this, this goal in my mind. And um, being uh, at Kingswood, I realized um, that um, life is a journey. Um, life is um, a, a journey of choices that we make. Um, and I remember um, reading scripture one day and I was reading through um, um, uh, the gospel of Mark and when Jesus calls uh, his apostles, he never calls them to like a, a place or like a destination. Um, he calls them to himself. He calls them to um, a process and a journey and I, and I think for me, um, my worldview changed from, you know what, be the big name preacher and all this all this stuff to cling to Christ and and, and surrender to his, his his lordship and his sovereignty and when you do um, Christ plans those 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 things uh, like in your life and so I learned the value of journey and the and the and, um, the friendships that i've i've, I've, I've won i 've lost um, the choices the the sometimes the mistakes that you've made. Um, but through it all, Christ um, uh, reveals himself as sovereign um, and, and as Lord of your life. And so um, I learned uh, in my life um, just, just, um, just how to follow Jesus and what that uh, looks like. So. Awesome. Wonderful. Hey, uh, you seniors. This is the last
0: chapel until graduation. And we'll get you back for one more we'll go-around here. But... Uh, What's one thing you long and pray for God to do on our campus? Maybe it's something you've seen, you hope he will do it again, or something you've been praying for that is not yet. Because that's part of Advent, right? We live in the now, but not yet. We want to see it revealed. So just hang on to the mic, and why don't you go first, Bradford. What, what would you pray for and long for our campus?
4: For God to do. I think uh, my biggest prayer for this school... Um, the school is 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 dear to my heart, and uh, I think I think one of the biggest prayer is what would it look like if our school um, became um, a banner of hope for for this town, that we're not just considered a institution of school or education, but what if um, Parents and leaders and churches and pastors send students here um, to not just be a pastor, but to uh, to grow as a child of God, to grow as a follower of Christ. And what would it look like if uh, New Brunswick looked to us to to bring hope, to bring change, to to bring servants? And I think that's that's one of my biggest prayer that God would use this school that. God would use us students to not just preach or teach, um, but to love and to, and to do uh, some change in our, in our awesome. communities. Awesome.
0: So how would you, Lauren? Uh, what have you been longing for? Or what would you be praying that God would do in our campus? Well,
4: uh, yes.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. Um, just for a, a real authenticity to rise up, um, mm-hmm. that the people that we are, Um, when we're on our knees before God are the people we are um, in our classrooms, in the cafeteria um, that we will be the person that Christ has made us to be so that we can minister uh, how he has created us to do
0: Um, how about you Sarah?
2: Um, my deepest prayer for Kingswood is that as a body of believers, brothers and sisters, that um, you would continue to seek God daily, in every moment, and that you would hunger after him, and that you wouldn't be satisfied with how much you know about him, mm-hmm. but that you would allow him to transform you from the inside out, and to continue to give every single area of your life, if you think, I love Dr. Gaveling talks about like the house analogy of entire sanctification, um, Keep surrendering those rooms that are hidden that you don't want anyone else to know about because he is a God who does complete transformation. And that's what I pray over each one of us is that we would experience God's complete transformation in and through us and that we would be um, men and women who, that you'll, before you even get out of your bed, that you'll find yourself on your knees before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords because he is the only one that you answer to, and that's my deepest prayer for Kingswood, mm. is that we be people who set up, are set apart by that, mm. and that we um, truly are reading his word like it is food, <laughs> mm. and hungering after him, and walking in the spirit. That is my deepest prayer mm. um, for each and every one of you here at Kingswood.
0: Amen. Amen. I hope for you, Jared. What have you been
1: longing for, praying that God would do in our campus? Uh, two things. Um, One, I'm super excited for next semester uh, with the focus that we've had this year on serving Sussex. Um, You're here in one of the classes here. Uh, It's good to live where you serve and serve where you live. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's been on my heart for a while. And I'm so excited to see the campus moving forward with that. Um, I pray that just from serving Sussex that revival will start out throughout the whole Maritimes. And it's going to be awesome, and man, I'm so excited for serving Sussex. Um, and for two, um, I've kind of uh, I've seen this already, and I'd like to see more um, just mentorship on campus. Um, that like I think of the people who came alongside me when I couldn't stand on my own two feet, and said, "Watch me as I will pursue Christ." Mm. And eventually I was able to just continually pursue Christ. Mm. Um, Look for that. Look for someone who you know is pursuing Christ. Ask, hey, can you mentor me? Can I be your disciple? Mm. Um, And it'll flow through. Like Matt Knight mentored me. Before that, it was um, Brock McDonald. And Mm. before that, it was all these other names that um, not many people know. But the pursuance of Christ is what people and so, yeah, if you're comfortable with God getting all the glory and you're just helping somebody along with that, do that.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Can we thank them for helping this morning? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, if you have your Bible still open to Ephesians chapter 5, that phrase says, uh, make the most of every opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity. Uh, if there's one little phrase I'd love to just leave with you, it's this one. Make it count. Make it count. Your life is not a dress rehearsal. You know, it's not act one. Uh, this is it. God has you here on purpose, on mission to make a difference, to make an impact. Make your life count. It says uh, if you're going to do that, you've got to be wise. And it was interesting. I, I hadn't remembered that phrase when you were singing the verse, come thou long expected Jesus. It says, come thou wisdom come thou wisdom. And this phrase is what I had been leaning into is this idea of what's it mean to live wise? Uh, I think it means to live wise certainly means to be faithful in the little things. Uh, It's amazing. Uh, One of the things that happens in a campus community, uh, when I interview students, I say, what do you love the most about Kingswood? Uh, They will say, I love the fact that we just live in such tight, intimate community. And I say, what do you not like about kings. What would change? We just live in such tight, intimate community. <laughs> you know, we know everybody's business, and uh, it's one thing to know everybody's business. Let me say that's not a bad thing. To talk about everybody's business, that's not a good thing. So you have to kind of work that one through. Uh, but that idea of living in this sense of community, uh, it does make you aware of little things really matter in relationships. You know, picking up stuff matters, and how we use words to bless and not to curse. It really matters. So being faithful in little things. Uh, that matters, Uh, to be a Christ-like servant leader I I think about this break you're getting ready to go on and some of these students won't be back ever again in regular class session Uh, but most of us uh, are going to be back here in January between now and then, uh, unless you're coming back for seminar you'll have five weeks, if you come back for seminar it's basically right on 30 days and I thought what does it mean when we leave chapel this morning to say I want to make it count Uh, it doesn't just mean waiting until you graduate it doesn't mean waiting until you get that ideal job that you've always dreamed of Uh, It does mean making this day count. It does mean making a difference where God has planted you. For some of you, you're going back home to places that are not easy to be. I know a lot of us have loving Christian homes, but for some of us, home is not a fun place right now. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to be awkward. It may even be painful. And I'm just praying that God will give you eyes and a heart to say, God, I want to make this season count. When I'm there, I want to make a difference. I want to really invest and I had three ways I wanted to challenge you. Uh, if you've got a place to write down, here's three challenges. And I would love when you get back after break, I would love to hear you stop by or if you catch me in chapel after chapel, I'm usually right over there with Mrs. G. I would love to hear about your experiences. Here's the three challenges to make this semester, this break count. The first one is this, uh, spend the day alone with God. How many of you have taken spiritual formation? How many of you have done your six-hour retreat? That wasn't just a one-time thing, okay? That was not just a class assignment. That's actually a very filling, very filling practice. Uh, When I was in pastoral ministry, I would take one day a month that I would do that. I would just go to be alone with God. Found it very, very much something that replenished my soul in the activity of that ministry. And I want to challenge you to think about this. What's it look like in the next 30 days to find one of those days that you would do another day alone with God? That after you had your breakfast in the morning, got everything kind of squared away at home, that you just told your friends or your family, hey... Uh, I'll be back at supper time, but for the next six hours I'm just taking my Bible and a bottle of water and a notebook and I'm just going to go spend time with Jesus. Um, There's no reason that I can't or that you can't, over this break, spend at least one day alone with Jesus. Everything else we do flows out of that, gang. Everything else we do flows out of that. So my challenge is to you, and this is the Christmas challenge, the Christmas break challenge. Make it count. Take one day alone with Jesus over this break. If you don't know how to do that, talk to somebody who was in spiritual formation and pass that assignment. Okay, Uh, Here's the second one. Three spiritual conversations. One day alone with God and three spiritual conversations. Uh, All of you, if you stop and think about it, you don't have to think too hard. You have a friend or a family member back home or where you're going that doesn't know Jesus. And I'm not suggesting you bring the heaviest, you know, black leather King James Bible you can find and beat them over the head with it. That's not what we're talking about. If you don't know how to share your testimony, personal the class, uh, there'll be rem- remedial sessions maybe after chapel. But uh, you know how to share your testimony. I, what I'm asking you to do is this: I'm asking you just to start a spiritual conversation with three different people, and ask them something. Hey, when you think about Christmas, uh, what's it make you think about? And 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 how would you describe your relationship with God? What what words would you use to describe how you feel? close to god distant moving toward moving just you know we talk about everything else we talk about our sports teams we talk about you know what we're gonna wear christmas banquet uh just talk to me about where where things are and and take the time to listen you know they'll have questions but but you start just by a posture of listening engage them in a spiritual conversation and right now you may be able to think of who are the three people mikey you may be able to say here's are the three people and i get back to Prescott. There's this person, there's this guy I played hockey with, there's this family member, there's this person in my youth group. I don't know where they are right now spiritually, and I just need to find out. Uh, Engage in three spiritual conversations. And again, I want to hear back how that goes. Um, You know, that that phrase that that Peter uses, be always ready to give an answer to those who ask the reason for the hope that lies within you. There will be opportunities. If you will start that conversation, uh, I will be shocked if at least one of those three opportunities doesn't end up in a really engaging i'm not suggesting all three of them will you may get shut down but you take the chance you step out you take the risk and i'm believing that one or more of those are going to be very meaningful conversations and you're going to make a difference you're going to make it count and here's the third one Uh, do one crazy act of generosity one crazy act of generosity now if you know if there's some of you going back to the same church maybe you want to get together and brainstorm on this Uh, I'm not talking about a random act of kindness, you know, buying somebody's Tim's. That's nice. That's good. I'm thinking maybe more spiritually strategic, that you know somebody in your life, maybe somebody that you have a relationship that was strained with when you left home. And asking God, what could I do? What practical way could I express God's love to this person that I know? It's great to do it for strangers. I get that. But who are the people in your life where one act of generosity could be the expression of God's love that, that opens their heart, that kind of cracks that hard exterior. Um, one crazy act of generosity. I'm not even suggesting what it would be, but you're very creative. I've hung out with you this semester. You are very, very creative. Some of you are almost too creative. Uh, I've hung out with you this semester. You'll be creative, and, and think it through. Something that, maybe it's anonymous, but something that reflects God's heart, particularly if it's somebody that you know and there's some kind of a barrier. You know, we talk about this idea of living wisely and making it count today. Uh, probably one of my greatest heroes, I, obviously I'm a little older and uh, he, he only lived to be age 29, I'm 55, uh, he accomplished more in those 29 than I have in my 55, but that's a guy named Jim Elliott. If you've never studied his life, if you've never read any quotes, uh, you're really missing out on a real treasure. And I went back over some of those this morning as I was preparing, just thinking about our time together. One that most people know is he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Another one he said as they were going down to try to be missionaries to this unreached people group there in Central America, he said, we are a bunch of nobodies trying to exalt somebody. I can relate to that one. (laughs) We're a bunch of nobodies trying to exalt somebody. He said, I'd rather fail in a cause that will ultimately triumph than to triumph in a cause that will ultimately fail. He said, I seek not a long life, but a full life like Jesus and then this one, which was what came, had, I was looking for, it caught my eyes. as I was thinking about making it count, is this phrase, wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. So make the most of every opportunity. I want to tell you on behalf of our faculty and staff, uh, it's been an incredible pleasure to serve you this semester. We believe God is doing great things in you and great things are yet to be done. We're looking forward to having everybody back next semester but uh, for those of you who are leaving campus, whether it's to internship or December grads or or heading out for other reasons we want you to know you're loved. And when you think about this place, I hope you'll always think about a place that really was committed to one passion and that was to equip Christ-like servant leaders for global impact. Wherever you are wherever you are be there for Jesus, would you? Let's pause for prayer. Lord it's been a great semester and these are amazing students and I'm so grateful for the faculty and staff who serve them so well thank you Lord for the snapshots the glimpses from these seniors who shared this morning And our lives have all been shaped and formed by the conversations by the worship experiences by the classrooms by pool games and movie nights and hockey games and conversations in the cafeteria most of all Lord in our times of prayer in our times of worship together with you So I pray for everyone who who won't ever be back as a student again in quite the same way. I pray especially for them, Lord, that they'll sense your pleasure, your blessing, your grace, and that they go to make a difference around the world. And for the students who are coming back in just four or five weeks, I pray that these next 30 or 36 days, 37 days will be huge. There are people back home who desperately need to experience what they've been experiencing every day, every week, every month on campus. And I pray the life of Jesus that we have owned, that we've engaged in, will so be real in us, so permeate our conversations, our thoughts, that as we go from this place, we will make it count. Wherever we are, we'll be there and we'll live it to the hilt. So if it's a home situation that's difficult, if it's back with friends most of whom don't know Jesus, Lord, that we will be that light, that the revelation of who God is and who is coming As we live in the now but the not yet, that that will be seen, that glimpses of Jesus will be seen in our lives, that we will be salt, that we will light, and we'll make it count. And so I pray, Lord, that as we go, uh, that we'll take at least one day, one day just to be alone with you. It's been a crazy, maybe even hectic semester, and during this break, would we just find that one day, a treasure, Lord, to give it to you as a Christmas gift. Three spiritual conversations. Lord, help us to think about the people that we should be engaging, whether they're friends or family members or some former coworker. Lord, may we be willing to take the risk to ask the question, just to open a conversation. How are you doing these days? And how would you describe your relationship with God? And then one crazy act of generosity. Lord, uh, these students are incredibly creative, and I can hardly wait to hear about some of the ways they find to express your love. Lord, we want our lives to count for you. Thank you for all you've done for us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Dr. Starks is going to come and lead in a time of prayer for some people who are actually graduating in December. Wow. Dr. Starks, turn it to you. And those who are leaving campus, don't forget your journals.